If you've noticed memory loss or thinking problems in your aging parent, chances are you're wondering if they're safe enough or if they should be getting more help or maybe even if they need to move. Those are great questions and knowing how they're doing with their activities of daily living, ADLs, and instrumental activities of daily living, IADLs, is key to answering those questions. Stay tuned to learn more about what are ADLs and IADLs and how to use this information to help your parents. Hello everyone, welcome to Helping Older Parents with Memory Loss, a video podcast series that gives you strategies and information about assisting aging parents who are experiencing memory or thinking problems. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Kernison, board-certified geriatrician and the founder of Better Health While Aging and also of the Helping Older Parents online programs. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about something that is really relevant if you're trying to figure out whether your aging parent needs more help or can keep living at home. And that is, how is your parent doing with their ADLs and IADLs? Those terms stand for activities of daily living and instrumental activities of daily living. They are basically fundamental self-care activities that we learn to do early in life. And in my line of work and in much of elder care, assessing them is key to figuring out how much help an older person needs and how we can support them so that they can have the best quality of life and well-being. ADLs and IADLs are also often relevant to important things like determining what stage of Alzheimer's or related dementia a person is in, diagnosing mild cognitive impairment versus dementia, qualifying for certain elder care programs or for long-term care services such as nursing home care, or getting long-term care insurance to pay for services. Personally, I really like ADLs and IADLs because they are practical and they give me a very pragmatic understanding of where an older person is struggling in life and how we can help them. So let's now help you understand what they are and how you can assess them in your aging parent. In this video, I'll cover what are ADLs and IADLs? What's the difference between ADLs versus IADLs? How to assess ADLs and IADLs and why you might wanna do so. Let's start with activities of daily living or ADLs. ADLs are foundational self-care skills that we usually learn as very young children. They're also sometimes called basic ADLs or BADLs. They include walking or otherwise getting around the home or outside. The technical term for this, by the way, is ambulating. Also feeding, as in being able to get food from a plate into one's mouth. Dressing, as in selecting appropriate clothes for the weather and the occasion and being able to put them on. Then there's grooming, which means adequately managing your personal appearance, such as managing your hair, doing your makeup, or shaving. Next, toileting, which means getting to and from the toilet, using it appropriately, and cleaning oneself. And then there's bathing, which means washing one's face and body in the bath or shower. There's also one additional ADL, which is sometimes referred to by professionals, including physical therapists. That is transferring, which means being able to move from one body position to another. This includes being able to move oneself from a bed to a chair or into a wheelchair. It can also include the ability to stand up from a bed or chair in order to grasp a walker or another assistive device. This ADL is mostly relevant to people who've developed mobility difficulties for some reason. So those are the ADLs. Let's now go over IADLs, instrumental activities of daily living. 
These are key life skills that we usually learn as teenagers and that are necessary to live independently as adults. They require more complex thinking skills and often require organizational skills. They include things like managing finances, such as paying bills and managing financial assets, managing transportation, either via driving or by organizing some other means of transport. Shopping and meal preparation. This covers everything required to get a meal on the table. It also covers shopping for clothes or other items required for daily life. House cleaning and home maintenance. This means cleaning kitchens after eating, keeping one's living space reasonably clean and tidy, and keeping up with home maintenance. Managing communication, such as the telephone and mail, and nowadays also managing email and the computer. And then last but not least, there's managing medications, which covers obtaining medications and taking them as directed. Now, as you can imagine, not everyone learns to manage all IADLs as young adults, because depending on our life circumstances, sometimes we've never been in a position to learn or have to be responsible for certain IADLs. So when it comes to assessing IADLs, we always want to be mindful of whether someone's abilities reflect a change from what they were able to do earlier in adulthood. So if someone never had to manage finances and now has difficulty when asked to do so independently, we would want to note that this is an IADL that they weren't responsible for earlier in life. Whereas if they used to manage their own finances and now they're struggling, we would definitely want to note that this is a decline compared to before. Now, sometimes people ask me, what is the difference between ADLs and IADLs? It partly comes down to history. In terms of history, ADLs were defined first in the late 1950s by a geriatrician named Sidney Katz, who wanted to help healthcare providers measure changes in physical function for patients who are being treated after experiencing physically disabling conditions such as stroke or hip fracture. Dr. Katz and his colleagues were trying to define what it would look like to recover to independence. And he decided that a person's ability to function in these core skills, which in fact we learn as toddlers, the ADL skills, was pretty reflective of how independent you could be as you recovered from a stroke or a hip fracture. However, it soon became apparent in using ADLs that being independent requires more than being able to walk get dressed, or otherwise complete your basic ADLs on your own. So about 10 years later, another expert in elder care, a psychologist named M.P. Lawton, developed the instrumental activities of daily living scale to assess for additional skills that might not show up on the ADL scale, but were still often relevant to living independently or returning to one's home. And many of these ended up being the practical life skills that we usually learn as teenagers, managing money, managing a household, getting groceries, driving, and so forth. So in terms of the difference, ADLs are more physical and IADLs are more cognitive. That said, memory loss or thinking problems can certainly affect an older person's ability to do their ADLs. And physical problems can affect IADLs. For instance, you could easily have trouble with grocery shopping if your arthritis is so painful that you can barely walk. For me, the way I think of ADLs versus IADLs is, first, I do find it helpful to think of ADLs as the early childhood skills and IADLs as the teenager skills. Second, because IADLs are cognitively more demanding, 
I think of them as the skills where we're first likely to see people with memory loss or early Alzheimer's struggling. And then third, I think of IADLs as the tasks for which it's much easier for a spouse or family member to fill in and help with compared to AADLs. Once somebody gets to the point where they need help with walking or getting dressed or toileting, that's generally a lot more work for family or paid caregivers to manage. Okay, let's now talk about how ADLs and IADLs get assessed. In geriatrics and in healthcare, we call this assessing function because we're assessing how well the person can function when it comes to core self-care tasks and life skills. How do we do this? Well, it's actually not rocket science. We usually have a list of the ADLs and IADLs, and then we need to find out if the person being assessed can do the tasks. Now, it's important for you to know that for each task, we don't usually score it on a yes or no. We actually are usually going to score their ability to do it on some type of scale. That is to say, for each task, we're often considering first, how much help does the person need to perform the task? As in no help, some help, a lot of help, or are they fully dependent? And then second, we also often will consider how often they need help. Is it never, sometimes, often, or every time? To gather this information, I recommend doing the following. First, get a worksheet on ADL or IADL assessment. For instance, we have one available for free on Better Health While Aging. I'll link below to my article on ADLs, or you can find one easily by Googling online. Then, gather information on your parents' abilities. What is most accurate is if you can observe them directly or if you can talk to someone who lives with them or is otherwise likely to know how they are doing on a daily basis. Now, you can also ask your parent how they're doing on all these tasks. That said, if your parent is having memory loss or thinking problems, they probably are not going to be an accurate reporter of their abilities. Furthermore, even older adults who are not cognitively impaired are often uncomfortable, revealing difficulties to family members or others. So, although you can ask your parent if they're struggling with any of these key life tasks, be mindful that it's often either a touchy subject for older adults, or if your parent has memory loss or signs of Alzheimer's, they will be extremely unlikely to give you accurate information. Now, ADLs and IADLs were originally designed to be assessed by healthcare professionals. But personally, I think it's a good idea for families to learn to assess them as well. Why? Well, I believe it provides a handy, structured way for you to get a sense of what your aging parent is struggling with. And once you have that information, you can do a lot with that knowledge. For instance, you can help your parent report any trouble with ADLs or IADLs to their doctors so that their doctors can try to figure out what underlying problems are causing the difficulties. That's important because when an older person develops trouble with ADLs or IADLs, that's usually the sign of a physical or cognitive health problem interfering with their abilities. And so we want to figure out what's causing the problem so that we can try to treat it or otherwise manage it better. You can also use what you learn from your parents' ADL and IADL assessment to anticipate certain safety issues so that your family can come up with a plan. For instance, an older person who is having trouble with finances will often benefit from getting a little bit more help and maybe supervision on that front. And if your parent wants to age in place, as many people do, 
then it's essential to assess ADLs and IADLs because this helps us identify areas in which your parent might need extra support or supervision to remain in their home for as long as possible. Now, how do problems like memory loss, dementia, or Alzheimer's usually affect ADLs and IADLs? That's what I'll be covering in my next video. So if you have a parent with memory loss, please subscribe or otherwise stay tuned, and I hope to see you again soon.